This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Welcome back to Energy Extra Time, your weekly dose of engaged, unfiltered and analytical football debate from Scotland and the wider world of the beautiful game. My name is Sean McGill and usually I'm joined by Cameron Wanstall. I believe this is his first ever time missing the show, which is a massive disappointment, but to be honest, he's not really been pulling his weight for a while now and somebody who has, somebody who's really been stepping up is uh, my first guest and in my opinion, He's earned the right to be called my new co-host. Out with Cameron Wanstall and in with Graham Sinclair. How are you? Throwing it back. It's the first old firm of the season. You just nicked my big shout. Oh, right, I'm away. It's the first old firm of the season. Yep. That's a, so technically it's a one year anniversary of that infamous energy sport moment where Amy Callaghan said that famous line and um, he that still gives me the same joy at the end of that day <laughs> thanks for calling me a cause by the way no worries at all, it is one of the, my favourite moments in Energy Extra Time is uh, that bold claim from Amy Callaghan who joins us as well on the panel today. Last year, the, the show title was Obnoxiously Unfazed. Do you think the, the emotions are the same this time around, Amy? Oh, I think I'm where I come back. Um, I, I think it probably is, but I really need to tame it down a little bit. But there's a few other reasons why I could maybe be a little bit more excited this time mm. around. But who really knows? Because there's developments left, right and centre. Goalposts getting moved left, right and centre. What, um, what a shock. But no, I'm delighted <laughs> delighted to be back. And I'm no better. <laughs> no, you would never be better. Uh, don't be better, be better. That's the motto of our final guest. I don't know if it is. I've just made that. I've just attributed it to him. But um, let's see if, how he's feeling today ahead of the old firm as well. We've got another... Rangers fan join us it's, it's good balance because I'm basically a Celtic fan with my name that's what uh, Twitter seems to assume so we're half and half this afternoon Taylor Murray how are you? You know what I'll take that phrase I don't know I'll take that I'll don't like be that. better be better yeah I, I like that that's you're a positive guy I thought that might be something that's in your I, arsenal no definitely um, yeah um, I'm, I'm going to use that from the function I like that no worries at all get in the Twitter bio mate get in the Twitter bio that's it that's, I'm going to open my next interview with that by the way Say nothing, just go, don't be better, be better. Live forever. Just leave. Just leave. Live forever. Um, Anyway, we're going to start the show, as we always do, with Big Shout. you did Sorry, (laughs) I just heard what you said there, sorry. (laughs) Stop introducing my segue, come on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is why I don't appear. I um, I should keep it that way. And we're going to start, once Amy lets me get onto it, with Big Shout. We give our bold claims, hot takes, big opinions from the week of football and usually I save myself for last because uh, that's how that's what they say leave the best for last but I'm going to go first this week and uh, mine is very simple uh, I know some of you guys are bigger on TikTok than others but I've been seeing a lot of TikToks recently saying these are the only players in the world who get into every team 
in the world and it's your classic Virgil van Dijk or Kevin De Bruyne but for me there's a player who's been consistently missed off these lists and, and for me another player who gets into every single team on this hellhole of a planet is Frankie de Jong and I just want your yes or no's start with no oh, well, start with me then sorry what team does Frankie de Jong not get into go to Graham <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably a good bigger list. Um, yes, I, I don't think I think he gets into every team, but I think that's probably a better list than seven or eight. Do you think? There's always, I th- yeah, because I think most teams aren't solid at every position, so there'll be a better option. But usually, it's, you'd, they'd have to be the absolute elite to be. I guess midfield is maybe a little bit easier because there's more spots. But like, mm-hmm. for me, does Andy Robertson get into every team in the world? Uh, well, he should, but I don't think he'd play for Man U. I don't. I think they'd keep show over him, even though Robertson's better. But he's the best left back in the world, probably Andy Robertson. So you're like, yeah, I'm more criticising Man U being dumb as fuck. Right, okay, well, that's that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, Frankie, Frankie did the wrong elite midfielder. He can pretty much do any role in the midfield. He could probably sit back and play make. He can be box to box, or he can play further forward. So you've got three different roles that you could play him in if you have a better option from one of the three. But for me, there's many midfielders against every team in the world. Like De Bruyne, yes. Kante, yes. Kimmich, yes. None of Real Madrid's midfielders going to every team in the world. No, well, you, well, you, you sprung this upon us. I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, Frankie been consistently li- missed off that list that I've been seeing on TikTok and stuff like that. And I'm just I saying, think there's a reason I can't. Team. I don't. I can't see him in a Man City side, and I can't see him. in He hundred percent gets in that Man City team. I don't see how he gets into that Man City. I don't see how he get. I don't see him. Pep Guardiola would have an absolute field with him. Aye, but you can put in two different lights. So, but then does he go into it, and is he playing at his best? Because he's not playing. Right, you're saying that he's a box to box, and he can also sit as the ten or whatever. But then, is he really? Is he excelling as a box to box? Is he better if he's sitting deeper? I wouldn't like Frankie De Jong to be sitting deeper in my side. That's what he does if best. I want Frankie De Jong, no, if I want Frankie De Jong, De Jong in my side, I want him pushing forward that little bit. He plays centre back for Barcelona sometimes. Well, I'm not sure he's playing centre back. Are you going off the base that's bloody Barcelona? Well, no, but I would say that like that Rodri role could be done better by Frankie De Jong. Or they could do Rodri. Uh, De Jong and De Bruyne. I imagine the field that Martin Tyler would have Tottenham like De Arby, De Bruyne <laughs> De Jong So Amy's a no because she doesn't like me Graham's a yes and Taylor I'll go with it I, I, I trust your opinion on these kind of things I, one I've never really thought about so uh, I'm It's the worst just... debate ever Trust me, trust me. I know balls. Is what he's saying. I know balls. No, what I'm going to say is, um, I have absolutely zero input to this because it's one I never thought of. It's one that, you know, on the basis of it, it makes sense. And um, D Youngs for Ballon. Doesn't he get into the Celtic side either? Very true. Very true. Because they get into the England side, but that's because he's Dutch. <laughs> You've got me there. That's a big shout out the window. Taylor Murray, what is your big shout? Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. Um, yeah. My, uh, yeah, big shout. Um, if Aberdeen St Johnston get into, you know, Europe, uh, the Conference League, the money that they stand to get, uh, get will 
drastically, you know, change that club, and I think, you know, for the better. Um, take, you know. Uh, nah, 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 shut up, Graham. Nah, 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 going into there or you know maybe not Aberdeen as much as St Johnston but both will benefit hugely for this and I can only see it helping them in the future you know actually investing more in the playing squad and Graham let's hear it <laughs> Graham what's, oh, what's your thoughts do you think money, no. money is helpful money makes teams do better <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Taylor, I've been trying to hold it in, but you can't spell. I, I had nothing, so, you know, that's, that's what I, the best I can contribute to. I thought you were going to say maybe the money would, like, stretch me away from the rest of the Scottish League or, or something like that. But I'm ma- Johnson turns and Johnson to a superpower of Scottish football. St. Johnson and Aberdeen will do better if they get into the conversation but, because they'll get more money. You know what? Thank fuck, you. Fuck it. Um, St. Johnson for the treble. What's yeah, going? St. Johnson won a treble with the money off the group stages of the Conference League. That's yes, yeah. That's it. Um, I'm going to go that's no it. off the basis of your first <laughs> shout, and then obviously I don't. I think you've uh, overreached on the second one, and uh, and I bid to salvage it a bit. So uh, it's a no from me, Taylor. Um, I appreciate your efforts, um, and I'm going to have to quickly get answers from Graham and Amy before we move on. Oh, oh yes, because it's so obvious. Oh, he's, he's oh, changing sorry, his yeah. Tre- treble, yeah. Oh, he's oh, treble, the treble. Oh, yeah, they're going to win the treble. That wasn't his big shout. <laughs> Can I say yes, that may be being the worst big shout of all time. Cameron's... Mate, you actually didn't get rid of penalties. Or... That was funny, though. <laughs> this was funny. <laughs> this was also Very funny. True. I had some good reasons for getting rid of the penalties, too. And I gave, and I gave, a, good, I gave a good alternative as well that everyone enjoyed. Broxy Bear. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no. To be fair, I just remembered you said a bit of mascot. So that was that, that was good. Amy Canavan. It's been a long time since you delivered a big shout. Let's hear it. I know. So I kind of gave you mines last week or whenever for you to use, and then I was going to then start off with that iconic flashback, but Graham beat me to it. Well played, Sinclair. Um, and I've just been really struggling because I just feel that there's nothing really shocking me right now. I don't know if it's the depressiveness of last season that nothing really surprises me anymore. Um, but what I will go with is that offering Ryan Christie a new contract is the best bit of business article do this summer. Okay. Counter-argument, is the best bit of business they've done getting Ange Postacoglu as their manager? Yeah, but that's not a big shout. Yeah, but because that's just blatantly obvious now. But it'd be better business than getting Ryan Christie because Portugal is such a good manager and build such a good. But project. do you want me? Well, I could have just said that, but then that's really. No, but you're saying that's better. You're saying Ryan Christie signing a new contract is better than Portugal Un- becoming a manager. Well, where we are right, yeah, under right under Postecoglou right now though. But Postecoglou wasn't done in this summer business, was it? He was already brought into place, and I think it was. Uh, June, uh, if not before, can't really remember. This is really good, but obviously any business would it's under a different manager, isn't it? So so Ryan Christie's more important to Celtic than Kyle Gufurahashi. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. This episode of extra time is like Fay Winter, fiery. Oh my god. 
we are. I miss Faye. Um, Legend. Yeah, but I know I get what you're saying, but the the Ryan Christie that we've been seeing in recent weeks, obviously, has been injured right now, um, and hopefully he's back firing tonight. But he's just been absolutely pivotal, and it's like a new signer all over again. Uh, I'm going to respond first. I'm going to say no because I say Furuhashi is very, very important and uh, they don't need them to sign a new contract right now. They can sign a new contract in January so it doesn't matter if it's done this summer. Perfect. Yikes. No, can't do that. Grim? I'm going to say yes because I think Ryan Christie is amazing. I've, I'm a, I've been a fan even when it was shit last year. Same. I still had faith in them. Uh, I think it'll be huge for Celtic to get him on a long-term contract. There we go. Taylor? Yeah, fuck it. I let's just keep it. Uh, you know, my first agreement. I agree with Sean. Um, yeah, uh, it's definitely not the best bit of business. <laughs> See what it could do. Um, there's been probably a handful of other bits that I could point out that have been better and will be better. And yeah, Amy, you're wrong. I'm right. Okay. And I, well, Taylor's just been my wee cheerleader today, which I'm obviously a fan of. Thanks for that pal uh, Graham our final big shout which I believe will lead us in nicely to second ball oh, I'm trying to think how deep do I go into this shout I think Daily. I go deep uh, Steve Clark it's time to go, <laughs> <laughs> go. it's time to go so off the back of naming a squad he should get sacked honestly well, because of that, that squad is that bad, they should get sacked. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I don't what's, what? right, there's bits of the squad I disagree with, but there's not like glaring, like, completely but, like, terrible things. Has it been a single good shout today? Yeah, no. mine. Um, well, Bing, right. I was going to just go for the contract one, but like, see, the thing is, it's not the names. There are names in that squad that I do not like. But I thought coming out of the Euros that we should be optimistic about the future because of the squad we had and we went to the Euros and we competed. But we didn't get through, in my opinion, because Steve Clark messed up. Like in, two, in the first and the third game with his tacti- with his negative tactics and some of the, some of the players he picked, mainly Stephen O'Donnell in the first and third game. And well, there's some players in there that I don't like. My main issue is the fact that it doesn't seem to be any change or to what we're going to do with the names that are picked we're still going to play three at the back I've got the feeling that he's still going to play Stephen O'Donnell if Stephen O'Donnell is fit for the game I've long I've said in this show and I've said in group chats and I've said everywhere that I don't think three at the back works for Scotland I think Scotland qualified for a major tournament in spite of three at the back and it's time to go to four and yet we've picked three left backs again and six centre backs again so we're going to continue to play three at the back I don't think it works I don't think it shows that Steve Clark has any interest in adjusting his tactics for for Scotland and there's a good chance we're after the games in March or we're already out of the World Cup running unless we have a unbelievable pattern of results in the next three and I just don't see it going anywhere I, I just don't see Clark taking us to the next level that I think we can get to Is World Cup qualification a necessity for you or is it more about progression on the pitch? As far as I can't remember, as far as I'm aware, I think it's progression in the pitch more than anything. Because as far as I'm aware, that second because of the Nations League, second place will not uh, automatically get a spot. Go, no, or get get into a playoff spot. I don't think. I think that goes to a lot of the Nations League. Some of the second places might, but I'm not entirely sure. And I don't think they can get first. I think Denmark are 
absolutely clear it was in Austria. I think we're pretty even with Austria, to be honest with you. I think we should have beat Austria in March if we'd actually went for it a bit more. But I just I look back at the Nations League and I think that's more of an indictment now on Clark than people really care for. I think we had a bit of a qualified for the Euros, who really cares? Yeah. But you look back at it and that's. We played well in those games though. And what? Did we? The Israel game, we had loads of chances spurned. It was alright. I don't think it was that bad. I didn't remember like huge bit of chances. I thought we played okay. Turned played left wing back. And we're away to an Israel team as as well. I, I, I don't think that creating lots of chances and losing something to be mm. proud of against Israel away. It's a team we've made. It's a team we've made look better than they are. But like I looked at it, and Steve Clark's best win. You can pick between either a one 0 home win against Czech Republic at Hamden, which was an absolute battering. We got absolutely done in that game. Czech Republic has four sitters, and then next up it's two wins against Cyprus. That's all. Steve, that's that's Steve Clark's three best wins. He's currently on a run of one win in nine competitive games. We sat their last manager, who was in a six-game unbeaten run in competitive fixtures. So why? So why is one? considered the man for Scotland and one not good enough well those defeats were taking place at an international tournament would be the argument were they there but not only were haven't beat Steve Clark's not beat Israel in four attempts <laughs> on penalties he did on penalties that actually sounds shocking doesn't it oh that's horrible that's, that's, the, that's another debate for another time whether winning on penalties is actually a win yeah, uh, it might be. Uh, Amy, I'm always going to have loyalties to Steve Clark, but I do understand uh, folks' concerns. What was your reaction when uh, it was announced he'd signed a new contract just off the back of naming that squad on Tuesday? Initially, I thought stability, um, yep. and I'm, I'm not got a problem with that. I never really do. But then I take it into consideration what Graham's saying as well. Um, and I think quite heavily on like when you know Strachan was sacked and the the manner and everything, um, and you know that happens to be a man who's back at Celtic. Who could believe it? Um, how things go in full circle, but it's tough. When the squad was announced the other day as well, I felt there was a few, you know, maybe iffy selections. Um, I have stuck up for Stephen O'Donnell time and time again, um, mm. and. I was more than happy, you know, and he started during the Euros. We obviously, we covered the Euros as well. Um, and like I say, it's that stability continuity. But right now, I'm I'm so in the belief that, you know, if you're getting picked for your, your national team, you've got to be performing well at club level, minimum performing well. Um, and there's better players playing more regularly in front of him right now. Um, and I think that could be the case across a few of uh, the selections. We'll say that time and time again, that Clark sticks with loyalty. Um and perhaps that over overshines a few decisions at sometimes. So I think all in all, I'm not as against it as Graham is. I'm a as big a fan. I I'm not jumping with joy, not yeah. probably as much as, as what you are. I am somewhere in the middle, um, which I know is not really great for a debate, but I like that it's a if he is signing a contract, I like that it's a long contract that shows that there's obviously a plan in place. I'm quite happy with that. Um it was obviously spoke to, you know, the, the SFA and has an idea of where he believes and where Scotland believe that they can 
you know where we can get to in the coming years so i'm happy that it's not just a short-term deal that at least it is something progressively going forward but um i would like to still see a few changes along the way okay we'll come back to you because the sort of when steve clutch speaks about stability and consistency and getting a squad that really knows each other that was the sort of uh, model of that successful northern ireland team under michael o'neill can you strike the right balance between picking players who are in form that aren't just sort of flavour of the month, like they've scored two goals, get them in the Scotland squad that people seem to shout over social media and still maintain that consistency? Is that is striking that balance key, do you think, for Clark to sort of kick on and make Scotland, it sort of take Scotland to where you think they could go? I think it is key. I'm not entirely sure that I believe it is in it's as important as Steve Clark says and mm. that if you make wholesale changes uh, yes it will be a problem but I don't think there's real I don't think there's enough like depth in the Scottish like pool that yep. there will ever be that many wholesale changes mm. that it will affect us we're still going to have at least 18, 19 players in every squad that are been in the squad for the, that were in the Euro squad I think for really like, in the yep. next couple of years and that's some key experience a lot of people talk about experience and that's by Stephen O'Donnell still in the squad I think we're at the stage where we have enough players we've had players go to the Euros now and mm. most of them will be in squads for the next few years that's enough experience for me and it's enough togetherness from a squad that you can make you can afford to make more changes than, than perhaps you would with a squad with less experience and surely that's part of the role of head coach of Scotland to create a culture that's easy to sort of slip into the national team yeah, exactly. while still maintaining that core base. So I do agree with you on that. Uh, Taylor, we'll talk a little bit about the squad itself. Um, the goalkeeper situation, some new faces in there. Uh, Craig Gordon maintains his place from the Euros, but uh, John Gockland and David Marshall drop out. And it's Xander Clark of St Johnston and Motherwell's Liam Kelly who come in. What do you make of our goalkeeping options at this moment in time? Honestly, I'm going to say, um, obviously McLaughlin uh, dropped out is maybe do with another thing, we don't know, uh, could be down a, a COVID thing that's happened at Rangers, it might be the injury that he might have had, we don't know, but I totally agree with Marshall being out, he was a hero and a, you know thankful for what he done, but he's just, he, I just don't think he's up to it, I, I was one for, uh, you know, Gordon being the number one at the Euros, hopefully, because uh, I thought he would have hopefully you know, performed a wee bit better than what Marshall did, but he obviously he didn't get to see too much of him, but you know, William Kelly, I think he could be a future number one uh, Scotland keeper, he's got everything about him I like, and um, talking about, you know, flavour of the month players, Xander Clark, he's just one, you know, it's he's been performing well, he's doing well for St Johnson's kind of his form went for last season this season and Clark's you know rewarded him with that which I have no uh, quote, uh, no worries Clams. about you know yeah. yeah that's the word I'm looking for I have no worries about Clark you know rewarding players who are actually playing well because you never know if he is have to be picked he's a man that's in full confidence and I do back him to do a really good job so um, I would say on the face of it it's an improvement you know on the goalkeeping front and all around maybe you know Clark from McLaughlin would be you know the best that we could have but other than that I'm very happy with it. Uh, Amy I'll come to you to talk about right backs you mentioned that uh, Stephen O'Donnell was somebody who you've defended a lot and um, he's in the squad alongside Nathan Patterson 
and there's been a lot of names thrown about sort of surprisingly for right back it feels like we now have options but none of them sort of clear cut Calvin Ramsey's obviously broken through at Aberdeen Sean Rooney was kind of in the conversation uh, pre-Euros and uh, he's now getting some more consistent minutes in a struggling St Johnson team I think it's fair to say and of course uh, there's been some chat about Tony Ralston since his uh, emergence back into the Celtic squad obviously scoring a couple of goals so far this season do you think sticking with O'Donnell and Patterson the same two from the Euros was the right decision by Clark if you're bringing in anyone um, it's Calvin Ramsey who you you know you're bringing in I for have who? been so how about those two? Mm. out of those two right now I'd go Patterson no... Patterson drops out Patterson drops out right I'd go for nah. Patterson dropping out right now because well but you're you're going off game time you know right now um, and I understand that I think he's well he, he must be starting tonight he has to start tonight there's no he else. is um, he is starting tonight so um, and again I get then that you've brought him to the Euros as well personally I would be taking Patterson and Ramsey I know that's not what I've just said but you know Clark is going to be taking O'Donnell he is always going to take O'Donnell so in that sense, yeah, if it was if it was my own choice, I would have Ramsey and Patterson. I'd have both youth. I really would. I'd be going um, all guns blazing on that one. I'm not having any of this Tony Ralston talk. I've been so so impressed by him. Um, and I have to say, it's not just it's not just um spit at the moment sort of things. Where he's genuinely been playing well for a, a consistent period now. Um, he's playing well in Europe and he's he's fit in the system. But it's not Scotland level yet. He has to, you know. He has to just get a little bit of consistency at club level. It's the same with Stephen Welsh. I wouldn't want Stephen Welsh right now anywhere near the the national side. He's still in the twenty ones, um, and I'm more than happy with that. Like, just have the progression coming along. Um, that being said, I I, I would have I would have Ramsey in there. I've been really impressed by him up at Aberdeen. Watched him a few times as well, also in Europe, and I just think that it's all about getting the youth in as well. What is it? Is it eighteen? I think. Um. And, and that's where I'd be going for. I would be taking Ramsey and Patterson. But like I say, it's never going to happen because we have this notion instilled really in, in, in the national team that age is such a barrier. You know, it's never this if you're good enough, then you're old enough sort of thing. We've never really adapted that philosophy. The fact that it was a shock that Billy Gilmore was taken to the Euros, Patterson as well, that should never have been such a massive moment to, to what it was because in other countries you look at, you know, 17-year-olds getting taken, 18-year-olds taken and you wonder why they're so progressive. Um, But in an ideal situation, I would have them both there. Same. Uh, I don't know, actually. Ramsey, maybe, maybe we'll see. Um, Graham, I'll just let you sort of have at the squad, uh, if you like. Uh, I'd perhaps steer you towards Lewis Ferguson, because obviously that's an interesting inclusion, but if you want to touch on any other uh, bases there, then feel free to do so. No, I was quite I was quite hot when I saw the squad. I thought it was terrible uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. I thought it looked... But I think I can look at it now and see quite... Like, I really, like, it looks bad, but it's worth reason I get more. I still right. like my main issue was still with like what the squad suggests in terms of stability. That's my big concern. But in terms of personnel, I mean, I, I think McLaughlin should be Scotland starting keeper at the moment. But that's COVID. Scott Wright. I don't know what oh, Scott Wright not getting picked. I'm not sure if he's self isolating. He would be fine. I don't know if Steve Clark knew that. But I thought Scott Wright should have been in. I think he's a versatile player that can play 
in a multiple attacking positions and he's been bang on form and I think he could be good for Scotland in the future. But I understand that if there's fitness or COVID concerns, mm-hmm. uh, the right back one, I touched it, I think Amy was spot on, but I'd go Patterson and Nelson. I don't think Scott Sod should be there. I don't, I don't think Sod, I don't even sure Scott Sod, I'm not even sure Sod's like the fourth best right back in Scotland at the moment. But how he's yeah. played him another way. Like, Sorry, did Ram- you say you'd go Ralston, not Ramsey? I'd probably go Ramsey. I, 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 right, Ralston, I doubt Ralston's I doubt Ralston's going to be the uh, starting Celtic right yeah. back in a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought you said Ralston there. Sorry, I I and, I think but... and I, I'm something that there should be a balance in the squad of trying to win the, the current games are in, but also there should be a smaller eye on the future. Like, there's a good chance that if we got to the World Cup next summer, that Calvin Ramsey will be the second best right back. But by then, if he's not already, yeah. then that, that should be something we should be thinking of. But with Sod, I think Sod. I'm not even sure Sod is like. Should be next. I think he's next because of the international experience. But in terms of who the best right backs are for Scotland, I'm not even sure Sod's fourth behind Ramston, Ramsey, and Patterson. To be honest with you, and arguably Sean Rooney as well. Like if you're building a team, would you rather Sean Rooney was in there than Stephen O'Donnell? Maybe. But then there's Lewis Ferguson, and that one's understandable too because there's no Ryan Jack. Because there's never Ryan Jack. If Ryan Jack's been talked about, Ryan Jack's injured. And there's no McTominay, which we found out was a surgery. So I think Steve Lewis Ferguson is probably next up. It's him or John Fleck. I think we're all kind of sick of having John Fleck in squads. He's 30 years old. He plays for a championship team that are struggling. He may as well give Lewis Ferguson a chance. So I'm okay. I'm okay with a lot of the decisions he's made. I'm, I disagree with Amy. I think Stephen Welsh belongs in that main squad. I mm-hmm. think we're crying out for a good right-footed centre-back. And I think Stephen Welsh is somebody that could fit in perfectly there. But... I, th- I don't think it's a great squad, but I understand most of it now, having kind of given it a few days to mull it over. Yeah. The only thing for me is, with Lewis Ferguson, is there's quite a lot of players who will do that ahead of him. Like, I don't see him playing. I know you've got to factor in injuries, but I think there's quite a lot of... I know, we, well, we played it without Ryan Jack. Like, Ryan Jack is key to the Scotland squad. It's a shame that he's not there again. But Lewis Ferguson isn't a Ryan Jack-type player either, so... For me, there's a lot of players who can play that sort of double pivot, and I think we need to try and get goals in the side. And you know that I wasn't massive on the Ryan Gold talk before, but in terms of trying to get more goals in the side, which is what let us down at the Euros, I think something else needed to be sort of tried heading into this camp. And for me, Ryan Gold would have made a more sensible inclusion. I know he's a different player, but to get some more firepower in this team than uh, Lewis Ferguson who's been fine I just chuck in another point sorry I know like we do talk about this one a lot as well and I am a big fan of his but why is Greg Taylor there he's never starting yeah. why is he there that is a waste of a player he's not starting ahead of either of Tierney or Robertson and they are both there if one's not fit fine fair enough and understand that it is maybe maybe this is the wrong camp to actually be questioning this because Tierney is is he in doubt? I think he's, he's still no, carrying an injury right now. He had, or is he, he, had, he, had, he got cramp on Sunday and Chelsea. Right, is that all it was? Right. He so he is okay. So they are both fine. I don't see why Greg Taylor needs to be there. And I love that man. I really do. And I'm rooting for him to make it at Celtic, albeit it probably won't happen. But it's just a wasted body in that Scotland squad. Do we not feel? Well, yeah. If you're going to stick with three, that I guess. Greg Taylor is the deputy to Andy Robertson. That's the idea. But then, if that happens, surely you would just play another left centre back and exactly you just shift Tierney. So I don't know. I feel that's that's one of the oddest inclusions for me still at this stage. If you're going to have a a left back that's got 
very little chance of playing. Why not Josh Doig? Just for somebody young for the experience to learn from Tierney and Robertson once a month. I'm sure they can teach him a lot. And Josh Doig's got a bigger future in football than Greg Taylor. I would personally not go for another left back. I'd go for somebody further forward, but that base base has been covered by me already. Love it. Good chat about the Scotland squad. It's time to move on to see it out, which was hastily scrambled together by me after Cameron Monstall uh, departed, decided that he wasn't going to join us this afternoon. So, um, Graham guessed that it might be Old Firm related, considering that's what we're going to talk about after, but it's actually not. So, we're heading into... (gasps) Why am I here? We're heading into an international break, and... We didn't get a chance to do any Euros-related see-it-outs. So let's do it now. My original plan has changed a bit. Graham, you watched the Euros. So, for me... Did you not? (laughs) Just didn't bother. Just too busy crying. (laughs) The... I'm looking for any player who scored two or more goals at the European Championships this summer. So they need to have scored at least two goals I'm going to go Amy Taylor Graham on this one and Amy Canavan can get us started how many like are there do we know how many players there are Um, give an answer and I'll count okay Uh, I'll go Cristiano Ronaldo that's correct and I've lost count (laughs) (laughs) so keep going Taylor it's you next um, Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Hurricane. Yeah. Uh, can't think his first name. Uh, Karim Benzema. Yeah. Lewandowski. Yeah. Yeah. Styling. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Schick. Yeah. Well, what, I nearly messed up his name. Well, we, what, not, what, I can't see it. We that. <laughs> what the hell, Taylor? We nailed him. <laughs> I can't what? see his name. That's what? correct. I, I can't speak today. I do apologise. Uh, Forsberg. Yes. Locatelli. Yes. Shakiri. Yes. Immobile. Yes. Memphis Depay. Yes. Um, Morata, maybe? I don't know, he's terrible. Oh, Alvaro Morata, yes. Yeah, Yarmolenko. Yes. Perisic? Yes. Um, Ferran Torres? Yes. Insignia? Yes. What? Um, Paulson, Denmark. Yes. Um, Mali. Oh, I shouldn't have said Denmark. What was the answer, Taylor? Uh, Mali. Who does he play for? Denmark. Left back. Um, I know what you mean. So I. Mela is in there, yeah. Damsgaard. Yes. Uh, 
was we spoke about him a lot and I had to write down his name phonetically five uh, Sarabia the Spanish boy yes hmm. uh oh spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> I am I am done <laughs> ah Five, four, three, two. I think it's been said. Shick. Been said. Graham. Uh, Graham Chuk. Yes. Oh, Graham. Ah, God. Is there any left? Mm, yep. Yes. How many? Uh, oh, I don't know if someone said that, but maybe one. <laughs> uh, sorry, I've called my phone, so I've been crossing them off. Uh, uh, one, two, definitely. Three, definitely. Four, definitely. Uh, five. Right, yeah, okay. at least yeah. five. Dumfries? Denzel Dumfries? Yeah. Uh, yep, that's one of the ones that I thought might have been said, but I don't think it has. No. Who, sorry? Kaiser. Kaiser. Big goals that man scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've just I, I've generally just realised who you've just said, and I was just gonna say him. I don't know, I just that's who you said. Um, oh, uh, Kai Havertz. Yes. Casper Dolberg. Um, I think pretty sure that's correct. I'm just making sure he's on my list. Yes. <laughs> Graham's just hitting his straight back. I know, he's so good, he's so good. Um, he's got them ready. Florgan Hazard? Yes. Uh, does Graham have them? I'm not sure Graham does anymore. Uh, fuck. Oh no, 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 no. He's struggling, he's struggling. I'm gonna have to go oh, five, four, three, two, Yes! Wow, that was to the wire. Who's left? What I think, (laughs) players left. Matteo Piscina. Piscina's the only one I've had. The only one I had left. Harris Seferovic. Fuck, he did. He scored three goals. I knew there was another Swiss one, but I wasn't sure if he scored. And I think it might just be those two that you didn't have. Uh, so a very impressive performance. I was originally going to go any player scored a goal, but I was like, ah, it's going to take ages. That's a lot of people. Uh, That's a lot of folks scored So one then I thought like, it would have been more fun to be like, oh, did they score one or did they score two? Like, did they get a second sort of thing? So I couldn't remember yeah. if De Bruyne got one or two. Did it must have De Bruyne just been was on the list, then. so it must have just been the one. Yeah. Aye. But, as she usually does, Amy Canavan wins <laughs> this edition <laughs> of I'll C- see you again uh, in a year. Uh, Exactly, she'll be running. Should we get back in studio? I think we'll be seeing a lot less Amy Caravan. Um, maybe. Maybe. And um, the interviews today. I know, but we'll be, we'll be back at it in the studio very soon, which is very exciting, and uh, see if anyone can break that streak of Amy Caravan. Congratulations to you. And we've got loads of times. That was a, that. Was, this has been a well spaced out seat out. I'm uh, quite the host actually. Um, and what we can do now. <laughs> Is get in Ken, do you to, want to give yourself a bigger pat on the back? Uh, I mean, actually, I'd say I'm probably the best host that um, has ever graced this planet. Um, and the one of the biggest Yawn. football fixtures that's ever been 
on this planet is of course the old firm derby and since we've got some of the club's finest representatives here let's get into it so uh, i'm gonna just ask you all if you could finish the sentence ahead of the derby i am feeling graham concerned why are you feeling concerned well you may have been aware but rangers have uh reported this week that there are six people that are currently catch us up to uh, speed there are six, I think it was six people that are currently either have Covid or are in self-isolation I'm not sure they've been made aware who exactly is guilty of what but that is Stephen Gerrard, that is two goalkeepers, Alan McGregor and John McLaughlin that is the captain, James Tavernier that is Ryan Kent and that is Scott Wright as far as I'm aware, Ryan Kent and Scott Wright have a chance to play on Sunday and based on what I've seen but the other four are almost definitely not going to be there. Obviously, Stephen Gerrard is not a player. He is the manager, so that's okay. I don't mind him being a player, to be honest with you. John Kaki can still do a job. Better than John Lundstrom. Absolutely better than John Lundstrom. So is Taylor Murray, but Taylor Murray's, a, Murray's an absolute genius for the ball at his feet. Uh, so there is that. But to be honest with you, even before that, I would have probably also said concerned because the start of the season has been a bumpy road for Rangers and it has been a rocket ship for Celtic. They have looked absolutely wonderful going forward I think they have been a bit poor at the back at times but if you're going to score check goals who really cares how bad you defend whereas Rangers have lost three games already they only lost three games pretty much the whole of last year which is a bit of a worry uh, haven't looked themselves at all even considered two goals to Ross County on Sunday a Ross County team that I don't think are very good at all it was nice to see them play some better attacking football but there just doesn't seem to be much optimism around the squad. They don't seem to be at the top of the game. And I think this Celtic team are one that could punish. Amy, ahead of the Glasgow Derby, I am feeling... Excited. <laughs> she never learns. But tell us, I you have good reason to be excited because Celtic can put out any... No, um... <laughs> I, I am excited. This is a massive week. Um, it's the biggest week in Ange Postacoglu's short spell so far at Celtic. Um, and it's going to be a real a real milestone and marker as to where we are and where we're headed sort of thing. Um, tonight, no matter what, is going to have a massive impact for both for both clubs. Um, what happens against uh, Alkmaar and what happens um, against Alashkirt for for Rangers as well so it's a bit odd it's hard to talk about something when you know talk about a a Sunday fixture when there's still so much riding on tonight Mm. and it's a massive game you know and to be honest we can we can say how depleted Rangers are and yes Graham's highlighted it already it is the bench that's the issue for Rangers but it's still a well it is a strong squad and a strong side sorry that Rangers are able to to field albeit probably just except McGrory but we've been there in the past we've had to put Scott Bain in at Ibrox and turns out to be the the best move and the best decision that can be made so it's it's hard still to look so far forward when there's still much still so much riding on tonight. But overall, I am excited. As Graham said, you know, 
I am a little bit cautious um, of our defence still and I do still care if we're scoring six. As much as the scoring six is, in, is impressive, I am being so impressed that we have managed to keep clean sheets. And it doesn't matter that it's only Dundee or St Mirren because how many times over the last few seasons... Um, what was that, sorry? Ten months. Ten months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no matter what, you're still seeing you know, the 80th minute to... To the, to the end of the game Celtic lose a little bit of composure and concede sloppy sloppy goals and that's been our downfall over the last few seasons so the, the clean sheets have been equally impressive it is still a, a young um, and rather rocky defence so even with the side that Rangers are sticking out tonight I'm still a little bit cautious of what they can they can um, you know the, the damage that they can do but I am excited I think there's a little bit of I think there's a little bit of added energy into it if there needed to be any the fact that there are going to be no Celtic supporters there I think you know that just goes go and, go and show exactly what what um what Ange Postacoglu's side is made of so it's it's excitement I've ne- certainly never felt any of this promotion last season going into um a, a Glasgow derby except maybe the first one but that could be my own fault so I probably haven't learned. Um, I might be back on this next week crying, but um, right now the excitement is brewing, and yeah, Kyogo Furuhashi, uh, dem- demolition incoming. <laughs> Can't be enough to get sent off in the second minute, and <laughs> that's. Oh no, he likes how we fly and tackle. Does a wee Kyogo? He needs to be watched. That that's another. That's another matter to the. In the intro, you mentioned um, goalposts being changed. What were you alluding to there? Oh, of course Ryan Kent will be able to play and Scott Wright will be able to play. They'll manage to wiggle their way out somehow isolation and close contacts. Oh, is that you spell fast testing sight rangers? Oh. <laughs> 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 Nothing to do with the, the actual government guidelines. Did you see the tweet from the South I don't know his name, but he said, I think he's saying, this is what happens when rangers have to move their te- COVID testing from East Belfast to the UEFA's official one. As if we didn't play more games in Europe than Celtic last season. <laughs> It's oh, good fun. Funny. Uh, Taylor, we had this sort of measured pessimism of Graham and then the unwarranted optimism of Amy. Where do you lie? Ahead of the Starby, you are feeling okay. <laughs> right I'm feeling okay. Right um I would try to you know spin this into me feeling absolutely optimistic. I would just be lying. I would deliberately I wouldn't try to spin this to say that I'm deliberately you know pessimistic which I'd be lying because I'm not I'm in the middle where I'm generally okay um don't get me wrong if you ask if you ask me in three hours time by the way this it would be a completely different conversation because um a game just happened that you know is very important so uh, we're just going to take this to the basis of the uh, we're still to play in Europe today and then it's the old firm ahead of old firm the reasons I'm feeling okay is I back this team to do something that I don't think they will be able to do. Like I don't think they'll be able to, you know, put in a dominant display today and I think it's reportedly forty two forty two degree heat and then having to go out and put in a dominating performance on Sunday after this as well. So I don't think they'll do that. But I want them to prove me wrong, and I back them to prove me wrong. Uh, Robbie McCrory, boy, what a, what a time you know a graph your injury career with two hands. Eh? You get chucked into two massive games, and I said in the group chat, this is a week that could be a really shit week for Rangers fans. 
on a really great week for Rangers fans. There's not going to be any in between because lose one, lose one game and win one game, it still doesn't matter. It's still a shit week because you've lost something. So therefore, it's just going to be a really shit week or a really good week. And I am feeling okay. I am just going to go in a mindset of take a game at a time and bring on Alish Kurt tonight. Or, sorry, in 45 minutes time. <laughs> What do you mean this podcast has still got to go out? But uh, I, uh, I take your point. Uh, Graham, is this a tough one uh, for Rangers in terms of how they approach it? Of course, they're at home. It's only their fans. But this Celtic team could certainly harm them in a defensive sense. Do you think approaching it as if it's a European game in the way that they have and sort of um, nullified teams so effectively could be a more sort of fruitful approach for this Rangers side? Or do you think because of uh, those reasons outlined before they've got to take it to a potentially fragile Celtic defence? Hmm, it's a tough one, it's a good question actually. Thanks very much. It would, uh, I, would, I think they've got to try and put as much pressure on the Celtic defence as possible. Mm. I think there are some weak links in there in certain aspects. I think that Rangers very often use uh, like a red kind of mannequin in training, it's like they remark it as a red man and that is something that they put they press, like that's the guy they focus with they're in the press, I think there's a good chance that'll be Star- Carl Stahlfeld on Sunday and I, I don't see why they would play Europe and kind of sit back a little bit and not do that because I think the best avenue to win the game will be to put pressure on that Celtic defence, get them nervous oh, Joe Hart's had a good start to his Celtic career but I think with the ball at his feet he's something that we can get at as well so I think we need to go for the Celtic defence but if Celtic can get through the lines, we have to be very important. We can try and stay more European. So I guess in a certain sense, we have to try and do both, a mixture <laughs> of both, not rather than, rather than just one or the other. We can't go through like away to Benfica or away to Villarreal in the past where we had to like sit in and counter attack. We have to try and attack from the off, but we have to. But at the same time, we can't go guns blazing like we would yep. in a league game against a bottom six side. And Amy, I guess there's a sort of similar question to you in terms of how Celtic approach this game because we do know that their Achilles heel is that defence. Can they go to Ibrox and go guns blazing and play this uh, fantastic attacking football that we've seen under Ange Postacoglu who seems very married to his style of play, his tactical input? Do you expect to see that at Ibrox or do you think that we're going to see a, a side to the Celtic team that we haven't seen so far under this Australian's tenure? You... Sorry, so you thinking that we may that Celtic may sit back? I'm asking you how Celtic would uh, should approach this game, considering that it's an old firm derby. It's going to be intense. There's no Celtic fans there, but we know that uh, Postecoglou likes to play attacking football, and their defence is weak. Do you think they have to take it to Rangers and a, a sort of a more aggressive extent that you would expect to see from a Celtic team at Ibrox? Oh, absolutely, and I say uh, all the time. You know, I'm sick of. Celtic sides over the last few seasons and I don't just mean Rangers, it can be in Europe it can even be sometimes when we go up to Aberdeen to be honest as well Hibs, bogey team um, play to your own strengths, don't play to try and you know, maybe counter or um, like as in counter the, the opposition's strengths, you 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 play to your own, um, Celtics is attacking Ange Postacoglu plays attacking football, that is where he is at um, and I, I don't see any reason as to why that wouldn't be the case. I think it's been well 
proven already that he's not a yes man. I think perhaps over the last few seasons that's maybe been a little bit of an issue at Celtic and you know there's maybe been pressure from elsewhere um, that if you go to Ibrox maybe got to sit and take the pressure and try and counter Rangers when their defence hasn't always been the, the sturdiest. But this is um, an, a new sort of, a new approach Celtic are under. Um, it's a, so far, a winning approach. Um, it's a healthy approach and it's a successful one. So there is no need to change anything. You don't try and fix something that's not broken. Um, so I'd be extremely shocked and a little bit disappointed, to be honest, if a Celtic team comes out on, on Sunday afternoon um, and it's, it's not the attacking side that, well, we'll hopefully see tonight and we have seen up until now. By no means are Celtic going to score six goals on Sunday, but I'd like to be seeing, you know, your Kyogo Furahashis. Uh, I'd like to see Leela Bada, Ryan Christie, James Forrest is out tonight, so it's a little bit um, unsure if he'll be there, but you want to see David Turnbull, Tom Rogic, whoever it may be. So, like I say, play to your own strengths and Celtic's strength right now, and to be honest, for a long time has been an attacking sense. Taylor, if Celtic do that as Amy sort of laid out and stick to that really aggressive attacking style of play, uh, do you think that range, that almost plays into Rangers' hands that the sort of tricky forward players will be able to, if Celtic sort of overexpose himself in a, in a defensive sense, that Rangers' attacking forces can get forward and really get at those potential weak links that Graham discussed? 100%. Uh, you alluded to in your, I think, opening statement in this segment when you're talking to Graham that if Rangers treat this like a European game then if Celtic do do their attack all out go, all out guns blazing attack then all Rangers are going to do is like hit them on the counter attack which we've seen how good Rangers are at doing that they've they've done it at Celtic Park in the league they've done it countless times in Europe and Celtic did see first hand in the past how dangerous it could be so if you know, Celtic do go with that approach, which I don't expect them to change their playing style because it's clearly worked for them up till this point. However, if they now play in Rangers' hands by just going all attack and then just letting, you know, your kit, let's just say, he's not playing, we won't say Kent, but if you let your Morelos's, if you let your Aribos and all that, just to, you know, get forward, you know, basically be man on man at the back, then Celtic will, you know, crumble at the back, they will, that'll be their downfall and they can do all the attacking they want but if they can't defend at the back they ain't going to get anywhere and Amy said in her statement that uh, Angie's uh, philosophy so far has been successful, I think that's a bit premature to say it has been successful, he's not really done anything with it so far uh, it looks up like until he might now, though. Yeah, up, up until in- now, that's 6 wins on the bounce it's 2-6-0 in the league so what you can say is it's so far it's been up. success. Well, it's working so far. If he gets into Europe, has his then plan that he put out, did the plan that he put out against St Mirren did it come off? Yes, so it was a success. So it worked. Yeah, uh, 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 there's a We're difference just using between different it, words. Yeah, no. Well, there's a difference between it working then and being successful. I feel if they get into Europe tonight, there you go. There's a box ticked. It's successful. It clearly works to get into Europe, but. If it works against uh, Rangers on Sunday, there you go. It can you know counter what Rangers' defend defense is. There, it can be deemed a successful. But given who um, Celtic have played at the start of the season, I wouldn't really say it is successful. Look what happened when Hearts wanted to attack. You, they crumbled. You know they tried to attack, attack, and it crumbled. Uh, you've played Dundee, a team that's promoted. Yes, in the past years have struggled, but. Um, you're expecting to beat Dundee, maybe not in a manner you did. That's where you know his faucet is coming into. You know, full fruition, but 
you expect to beat Dundee at home and then you're playing St Marin. Yes, we're always got to skip St Marin. Maybe the, the man being sent off helped, you know, make it look a lot better. I'd, I'm still waiting to see an actual, you know, team where Celtic can go head-to-head, where they go head-to-head with Celtic as well. And that's where you get a true measurement of how good this philosophy of just attack will work. It might, so I, it can not, only be deemed successful against if then it comes off against Rangers. So how successful has things been, you know, you get beat by Dundee United, it doesn't determine just by one game. No, that's what, I, that's what I was saying. There's got to be certain measurements you need to uh, measure your system against. Like, for instance, Rangers have a successful system when it comes to Europe. Um, we've seen it in the past, even when Rangers are struggling in the league, they, in the league in Europe they had a system and if Ange uh, does that with his system how did that system go against Malmo? (laughs) Uh, uh, well as you said that was a level up maybe that's where Rangers need to adapt you know are Malmo a level up? are Malmo really a level up? well I'm talking about a level up in terms of we're playing a a good team at an earlier time in the season what we're used to before we've had, you know, all the dud teams, you know, all, you know, you're travelling to your Azerbaijan's and all that, it's essential warm-up games, like, and then that's where, you know, the match fitness and sharpnesses came. But what I'm saying is, when it comes to this, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, mate. It definitely is a system that looks very good in the eye. It definitely is working. I just, I'm very interested to see how it's going to work tonight, how it's going to work tomorrow and uh, Sunday. And then that's where we'll deem is this going to be a system they can carry on with, or if it'll be, you know, successful. And I, I might agree. With, I think I do agree with Sean. I think it will play into Rangers' hands if um if they do go all out attack, and that's where you know Celtic could be in real bother if they don't you know adapt their style to some degree. There's been disagreements there, but I would imagine that you all agree that this would be your pick for game of the week. I don't know if any of you have. Any objections to that at all? Yeah, no, no, and like it's the game of the week that it's Rangers versus Celtic, but it's also the game of the week that could be, could be a lot of goals in this. It game. could be a lot of goals because you both can attack and you both can't defend. So I am uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to it more than I would most old firms. Uh, I, I just a, a wee shout out since we're talking about uh, the two teams you fancy for the Premiership title. Jump down to the championship and talk about the fact that it's Kilmarnock versus Inverness Cali Thistle at Rugby Park on Saturday. Both teams have an 100% record in the league. Uh, both of them have gone the league campaign so far without conceding a goal, and the the two teams at the top of the table. So uh, a big big game in the championship. Kurt Broadfoot's return to Rugby Park, which I'm sure should be uh, very entertaining. And from a personal point of view, I hope Scott Robinson runs them absolutely ragged. But uh, I would still agree that the energy extra time game of the week is Rangers versus Celtic on Sunday lunchtime. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Energy Extra Time. Make sure to subscribe so the podcast appears in your feed automatically. Check us out on Twitter, it's at ENRG Extra Time. And for uh, the overall stuff from the website, it's at ENRG Sport and the website is Energy Sport. Net. I say a big thank you to Graeme Sinclair, Taylor Murray and Amy Canavan for joining me. We'll see you again very soon.